0: We're going to do things just a little different this morning. Uh, I'm driving down a road right now I've never been on exactly, okay? I've, God's changed sermons on me before, but I was never the, the chief pig at the trough, okay? I, w- I was never the pastor, so it was okay. But uh, God's kind of dr- lead me somewhere else. I've got a great sermon. I'll preach it next week. I wrote it two weeks ago. Uh, And I know it's God's will because it's part where He's taking us, but uh, I believe God wants to go somewhere this morning. And uh, I'm just going to share some things. I'm not real sure where we're going. Connie, I warned her, and so she's going to, we won't have a whole bunch of this stuff on the screen, but I think we will have a verse or two. And so uh, I just didn't know until I got up for sure, and now I know for certain, so. We're going to pray and we'll just see where God takes us. Amen? Y'all know as much as I do right now, okay?
1: Father, we bless you.
0: We praise you. God, this is, this is your house. This is your building. This is your body. You're building this house, Lord. It's a spiritual house. It's a temple. And God, I'm just reminded as I think about that, that You were very specific in the instructions You gave. And Lord, when they followed those instructions and that, and that physical building was complete, God, Your glory and Your presence came. This morning, Father, You're building a, a, a spiritual house here, a body. And God, You've been preparing us uh, some of us, you've been preparing all our lives for what you're fixing to do in this community and in this area and in this region. And so, God, we're going to follow your directions. And so, right now, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, that you would speak to my spirit, and you'd show me what, where to go and what to say and what not to say. And, Lord, I pray be clear, because there are some people that you've brought today that need to hear what you need to say, not what I have to say. Spirit of the living God, come. Just come. Abba, Father, we trust You and we depend on You this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. Some of you know and and some of you don't know, but last Sunday after I finished preaching, uh, got in my truck, drove 200 and so miles to Jackson, Mississippi, uh, to to meet up with a group. And Monday morning we flew out of Jackson Airport. Uh, I'm not sure it's Medgar Evers International. It's kind of like Birmingham International, except smaller. And we flew to some airport in Mexico, Torreon. International Airport, and it's, it makes Jackson and Birmingham look like Atlanta and Chicago, okay? And so we flew to Mexico, and, and uh, I went with with David Jett and a couple of other guys. They met us at uh, at a place there in uh, in Mexico. We went on a prayer journey. Uh, I've got a friend. His name is Armand Labardo, uh He's a third-generation Italian-American, lives in Jackson, Mississippi, and uh, he just has a love for the Mexican people. And uh, for the last 18 years or so, he's been going down and, uh, and working in a, in a specific area. It's, it's, I'm going to try to say this. It spells pretty easy, P-A-R-R-A-S. Now, it doesn't pronounce like I, it's Padas, instead of Paras, it's Padas. Potos, Mexico, in Cohelia, the state of Cohelia, which won't mean much to you probably unless you're familiar with the geography in Mexico, but it's kind of in central Mexico, eight or nine hundred miles from the Texas border. And He's been going especially to this area for the last 10 or twelve years, and uh, maybe a little longer. And during that time God put into his heart, to sell his business. He was in the metal fabricating business and to go full-time into mission work. And so he just began to trust God and God began to raise up people and He began to raise up finances. And over the last five or six years, they bought property. Uh, They fenced that property and they have just completed this weekend uh, the, the, I don't know, the power company made the connection to the first phase of the building. He's built a, a compound there, and he's built a place where uh, 30 or so people can come and minister from and have a, a place to sleep and nice bathrooms and, and a place with, with safe drinking water, a place to eat and all that. And so he's done that. And so we, the last couple of years I worked with him, and some of you uh, have, have worked with him, Uh, as well to uh to get him some information where i don't know how many of you have been to mexico Uh, a lot of us have been across the border and then back you know across but you've never maybe you've never really been into into mexico uh mexico is a is a beautiful place i mean it it really is it's 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 like the southwest if you've been out in the southwest I don't know what all of it's like, but where I was, like the southwest, just beautiful. Potas is is 5,000 feet uh, up in the mountains. And so there are mountains that surround it, and it's a big, huge valley. But it's a beautiful place. But it's a dark place. Okay? Uh, There's an ongoing battle, if you watch your news, with with the drug cartels and the Mexican government. And uh, so it's a dark place uh, when it comes to that. But it's also a... A spiritually dark place. Now it's a religious place beyond belief. Okay, it's just like this country. America is a religious country, but she's becoming darker and darker and darker. And and Mexico is, is a dark a dark place. And the reason is because, and how do I want to phrase this? Well, i those of you that know me. No, I'll eventually just say it, so I'm just going to say it. And those of you that don't know me, I'm not apologizing, okay? But in, in, the, in the late, in 15, the 1590s, thereabouts, uh, maybe a little earlier, the Spanish conquistadors came from Spain. They brought with them uh, Franciscan priests. They brought the Catholic Church. That was their faith. And they took it into Mexico. Their desire was to, to take God... To the to the natives that lived there, to the Indians, and it was to find gold. Okay, they, they, it was a good thing that they wanted to do. But what happened is is the Catholicism that they brought. It's interesting. You travel the world, and and and, and Catholics, the Catholic faiths is kind of a mixed worship. You will find people that are they worship Jesus Christ, and you know what? They're going to be in heaven, just like those of you that know Jesus here are. So let me just say that at the beginning. But what happened, in fact, we were all Catholic at the very beginning with a little c, okay? And and this may make all of you mad, but Catholic just means the church. I mean, that's literally what it means. But Roman Catholicism, we're not, okay? And in, in the 1500s, we had the Reformation and the, and the church split into Catholic and Protestant. And uh, anyway, when Catholicism came into Mexico, just like it did in most places where the, the people were not Catholic, the the army, once they had subdued the people, gave them a choice. You take our faith or you die. I mean, that's what Constantine did in the Roman Empire. In, in, in the 300s, 330 or so, 329, he, he, he marched. He saw a vision in the sky. He was a pagan. He saw a cross. He asked about it, found out what it was. And he made Christianity the legal religion. And when they conquered a people, they would march them into the, the rivers to be baptized. And if they wouldn't go in and give up, they killed them. And so it's got a long, long history, okay? That really doesn't make good Christians. How many of you realize that? And what what happened is, is that the pagan people would bring their religion into Christianity. And it would get mixed and melded, and it would look like Christianity, but it wouldn't be Christianity. Does that make sense? It would have the form of godliness, but denied the power therein. Does that make sense? Now that's happened all over the world. Okay, that, that's happened in this country, and it happened in Mexico especially. I've had the opportunity to go to a, a lot of beautiful Catholic cathedrals and churches in Europe, and you will find Jesus lifted up. But occasionally, and most of them, you'll find a little side alcove where they worship Mary. She's Depending on where you're at and what part of the world you're in is how much veneration or worship she gets. In Mexico, it's Mary, okay. The Virgin of Guadalupe—that's the—that's the big one that was in the area we were in. And so, when you go in a in a in a Catholic church, you will see a lot of of shrines to Mary. You're riding out in the countryside, and there's nothing out there. And all of a sudden, you'll go by a shrine to Mary. Uh, there'll be a—it'll be a picture of the of the Virgin of Guadalupe, or there'll be a uh, I, I'm I'm not good with these words, but uh, as far as art goes, but there'll be some abstract shape that's and and that's what it is. And what happened is is that the the Indian people brought their religion into the Christian religion and melded it. And some god that they worshipped, they're still worshiping, okay? But but they call her Mary. And the Catholic Church was happy that the, the people came in and that they were peaceful and everything was going well so they allowed it and over a period of time whoever this god is they still worship and they just call her Mary now that's a that's a that's about as simple as you can explain it and if you had a priest here he would hit me over the head with something and tell me I'm whatever but that's what happened now I say all that to say this there are some they are some very beautiful and wonderful people and you know what this week I just saw how much god loves them in the area we were in there are some very rich people in in potas potas has the oldest winery in america i'm talking about north south central wherever it was the first winery and it's 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 an interesting place it's 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 up in the mountains but i mean it looks like if you've ever watched a western movie where there's sagebrush and and, and mesquite bushes and, and everything's got thorns on them, cactus, that's what it looks like. And as you, as you drive through it, you think, man, it must never rain here. And it doesn't rain a lot. But Potus is called the Oasis of Cohelia. It's, 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 it's interesting. There's water in the mountains, and there's water underneath the surface of the land. You see windmills everywhere. How many of you have ever seen the pictures of the aqueducts that the Romans built? Okay, there are aqueducts. Now, the Romans didn't build them. The Spanish did. But there are aqueducts that run through Paris that come from the mountains, and there's water running in it all the time. Right now is the dry season. It never rains in February. We stayed on the compound, and there's a couple that, that lived there. And, and uh, Amigdio, the, the man, he's, he's in his late 50s. He's, he told me he's through, a, through translation. He told me he had never seen it rain in February. When we got there, we drove through a mud hole this deep. It had just rained before we got there. It rained three more times before we were there. I got a picture of mud holes. Uh, I say all that to tell you that, that it's a dry place for the most part, but there's water underneath the soil. And and, and they grow pecans. Pecans and grapes. That's the big crops. And it's called an oasis. And, and I guess my point in, in saying all this is that God put all that stuff there when he created the world. And he put it there for a purpose. He put it there to be a place where people could live and people could could have families and and they could worship and they could they could walk with their creator. But what happened is those things were taken, they were used. The, the Indians used them in the wrong way. The Spanish came and they realized how rich this place was and what a, a a gold mine you see gold doesn't necessarily come in 24 and 12 carat and 18 carat gold comes in a lot of other ways if you have an, an eye to see what's there they realized that this was a place that we can we can we can grow things and so they enslaved the indians and out of that grew a a, a ruling class and, and they enslaved the people and basically today I don't know about in all of Mexico, but in most of Mexico, that's the same system that's in place. And in Pottis, there are tons of just poor people. I mean, you're either poor or you're you're rich. And we went down. There are a handful of churches that are not Catholic churches. There's two or three Baptist churches. There's a first Baptist church in Pottis, okay? Uh, there's a... We went to service on Wednesday night in, a, in Bethany Baptist Church, Iglesia Bat, uh, Baptista Bethania. And uh, just, I mean, wooden pews, no air conditioning. Well, it's not, it wasn't hot, but there was no air conditioning. Beautiful little church. It was full of people. And when they started to sing... They sang with all the mucho gusto they had, okay? Tune, in tune, it didn't matter. The smallest children to the oldest person with all their hearts they sang. And I don't know if you've ever done this, but they were singing the same songs we sing, okay? But what happens when they begin to sing in Spanish? My brain short circuits even though I know the words of the song and I can't get a word to come out, okay? So I just listened to them. I just listened to them sing. But it was a neat week. We went as a part of a prayer team to to try to determine what the enemy's stronghold was, why he had control of that area, and why every time a pastor comes into that area and gets started and the work begins to, to take place, why something happens to that pastor. You see, pastors make bad choices, okay? You, you understand that. But you know what? The enemy has a plan and a purpose to destroy pastors and, and Christians in places like that. He does the same thing here. And in the last few years, there, there have been four different pastors that have come and for whatever reason, either left or were, were literally, the enemy took them out of ministry because of some of the things. And so we went down to pray and uh, just to try to discern what God was doing and, 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 and what was happening and what the future looked like. And as we were praying, God began to speak to us, and and we did some things, and I'm, I'm going to share that. But yesterday, as as I drove back from uh, Brandon, and I, I came up out of Birmingham, you know, you make that little rise uh, There was it was like something inside of me just started to just to come up. And and I got to the top of the hill where you can you you can see the school almost from from. Uh, the other high school that's there on the right—I can't think of the name of it right now. Par- Carver or Parker or, or Carver. Okay, I'm gonna trust y'all on that. But anyway, you can just about see the school. Well, just as I got up there, it just—now I'm not a—I'm not a weeper, okay? I mean, I'll cry. I don't—it's I don't, not a big deal to me. But it's just not something that just—I don't just cry, boo hoo. Man, I just begin to weep. I just begin to weep. And, you know, it was, like, it was like God was showing me that, you know what? The place you come from, you just came from. It's no darker than the place that I've put you to minister in. And he just began to give me a burden for the people in this area, in this region. I mean, I, I, He's already given me a burden, but, man, he began to really give me a burden. And, 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 and I, I, just, I just wept, and I just prayed, and I, I got off the exit. And went by the school, you know, just just prayed as I was driving. And and then it was as quickly as it came, it was gone. And I, I still haven't processed it. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about stuff that I've not shared with anybody. Uh, I don't know what God was doing right then. But God was confirming in me that we are where we're supposed to be in this region, okay? I don't know that we're going to be in this city or this city or that city, but we're in the region we're supposed to be in. Okay, and and what God was saying to me is, you know what? I love these people. I love these people. And folks, He has called us to be salt and to be light. As I was this morning, is as uh, arguing with God, God, I've got this really good sermon already prepared, and if you'll just bless it, I'll preach it. Uh, I just kept having this little. I don't want to use that one today, and so I don't really have a sermon today. I'm going to share some things, but I want to I want to share a passage of scripture. And I think Connie probably has this, but if she doesn't, I'm going to give it to you. And I want you to turn there. It's found in 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 the ninth chapter of Matthew, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 35, and I'm going to read through verse 38. I think she's, she started at verse 36, and that's fine. We'll just I'm going to start with, with verse 35. Jesus has, has begun to call his disciples. He's begun to, to pick those men out that would walk with him. And uh, as he does this, he, he's kind of on a, a circuit. He, he's making a, a circle through uh, Galilee and the, the northern part of uh, that area along the Sea of Galilee. And he, he's, he's healing people. He's meeting their needs wherever they're at. There were some who were sick. There were some that, that were, were blind. He's healing them. And then in verse 35, it says this, And Jesus was going about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every sickness. And verse 36 has been a verse that has gripped my spirit for about as long as as I can remember. And seeing the multitudes, Jesus looked out on the crowds because there were huge crowds coming to Him. Listen to what it says. He felt compassion for them. He didn't feel pity. It wasn't pity. It was compassion. He, he felt a, a connection. A, a, a passion began to well up with him. That word calm is a is word with. He, he, was, he felt a, a connection with those people. Okay? It's not because they were sinners. And he tells us what it was. He, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and downcast. Literally, they were harassed is a good word. They were thrown down. That's another way of putting it. They were distressed and downcast like sheep without a shepherd, not having a shepherd. Then He said to His disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech or pray with, with, with energy beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into His harvest. You know, as I looked over Potas and Potas kind of sits just in a little valley, and we were kind of up in the hill country in the compound. I could go up on top of a hill and I could see Potas. And God just gave me that same compassion. I mean, those folks are poor and they get by on pretty much nothing. But it wasn't a pity. I, I didn't pity them. They're, they're a beautiful people. And they, they will work. It's just they've been abused for generation and generation and generation and generation and generation. For about four, I don't know how many hundred years, but I know by... by the Spanish and Europeans for at least four hundred years. I found out that that the French also came to Potus, and they abused them, and and so they the the people have been abused, and they have learned a lifestyle. And, and there's not a lot of hope. Most of the the people that grow up, you know, if they have any means, they leave, and 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 they guess where they come? They come to America. I met a, a pastor's, his name is uh, Miguel, he's about 60 years old, uh, in his f- former life he was a jockey, and made really good money down there, and then something happened, and and uh, this group wanted to kill him, and so he was spirited out, he came to America, he used to cross the border and get arrested, and cross the border and get arrested, and finally somebody helped him get a, a visa, and for the last... Thirty years he's worked in America. Uh, he understands English. He just doesn't speak English. Married to a, a wonderful lady, and they decided a few years ago that they were coming. They were going to go back to Potus. And we was, while, while he was working, he met Jesus, and Jesus called him into ministry. And so he gave up the American dream that he had gained, and he went back to Pottis. And he goes. He walks into the mountains two or three times a week, and he preaches the gospel to the to villages that are in the mountains. He's praying for a horse so he can get to more villages quicker. And he, I mean, he's just a little wiry man. I bet he I bet he doesn't weigh 120 pounds. But folks, when he prays, whatever language he's praying in, heaven comes down. And I saw in him. A love for people that are cast out. I saw a sacrifice that he's made. He, he lived in a nice home in America with running water and power. He lives in a, it's called a hacienda. And it sounds really good because we watch westerns, and a hacienda, if you know, you know anything about Spanish, is a ranch. Well, it is a ranch. It's out in the middle of nowhere. And what little electricity they have, it comes from solar, and the water heater that they have, they, they gather wood to burn under it to heat the water. So that's, that's the water. So they're living far below now what they're used to. But yet God's called him back home to take the gospel. There's another couple that I met while I was in Brandon that uh, had come to the States to go to school. And it just never worked out. And uh, God called them to to go back to Mexico. And they weren't from that region. Their family's not there, but God called them to this little place, this little town. And so they've moved back and they've gotten a place and, and, and they're getting set to begin to, to to minister and to teach. And God's bringing, He's bringing, there's a, there's another couple in the church at, at Brandon, uh, uh, gringos, they're like us, uh, young couple with their two kids. They're going God's doing something in Pottis. But God's doing something in different places all over the world. This is just what I saw this week. But when I read this verse, I realize God's got compassion for those people. And He's going to make sure those people in that little community, about 45,000 people there, and I don't know how many are in the mountains, but He's going to make sure they hear the Gospel. But it's interesting to me that... An Italian American who was a Catholic, born in Pennsylvania, ended up in Mississippi, married a good Baptist girl there, and now, you know, God got all over him. He had a passion for those people. And he began to work. And and all of a sudden God began to bring back her people, people from that little town. Armin's never gonna win that community to Jesus. Okay? Not by himself. But you know what? God's got compassion for that community and he's beginning to send people that were raised in that city back. You know what? There's not some pastor from another place going to come to this area and win this community. You know who's going to win these communities around us? We are. You and me. It's not going to be Pastor so-and-so who's got a big long resume. It's going to be Sue and Mary and Joe and Bill and Nelson. I mean, I grew up in this area. This area educated me. This area taught me what I know. These are my people. And that's kind of what God was showing me yesterday. These are my people. And they're a religious people. Just like in in, in, in Paris. you'll see the people every time a, a good Catholic person goes by one of the shrines, they... They cross themselves. They burn candles. They do all those things. But they don't know Jesus Christ. There's a form of godliness there, but it's denied the power therein. The Bible says that Mary is blessed, okay? You need to read it if you don't think she is. God blessed her. She was blessed among women to bear His Son. But you know what? Her Son had to die for her just like He had to die for us. And Jesus is the only One who can save us from our sins. And it's amazing when they hear the Gospel, People get saved. We were invited Monday, and this is just this blows me away, because I remember when I was in elementary school and when I went to high school at Morton Jordan, we still had daily devotionals. They read the Bible over the intercom and they prayed. Now you can't do that anymore. But I remember that up until I don't know how far I was up in school. I was up into junior high. We are blessed to be in this school building okay there, there's a process you go through and and if you if you are okay, you get in if you don't, you don't it's it's a, it's a big we're, this is miraculous in a sense because all over this country they're trying to shut this down okay Monday Tuesday, we were invited to a school in, in Potas. one of the, the the couple that has moved back has a son he's fourteen he speaks really good English I mean. Better English than I speak, okay. And I don't speak that good. Most of you are already laughing at me, okay. I'm trying my best not to use any words today with long eyes in them, okay. But but Daniel speaks beautiful English, and the, his teacher. They it, it was Valentine's Day was Tuesday, and it's uh, they celebrate Valentine's Day, the day of love down there. It's a big deal, okay. And so they were having a program, and we were invited as guests to go, and Daniel. Uh, they wanted Daniel to read something in English, and they asked his father, uh, uh, Pedro, to translate it because Pedro can speak Spanish very fluently as well as English. And so they decided, Pedro decided that he would read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is. And here we were in a school. And Pedro was sharing the gospel with these kids. Now, we couldn't give an invitation. But all of a sudden, they found out, they learned what real love is. And I thought to myself, I can't even do this in my country. And I just watched how God orchestrated things and how God moved and, and how God... You could see the looks on, on those young people. And there were two or three parts of the program, I won't go into that, that are part of the celebration of the, of the day of of love, the day of Amore, that's what they call it, uh, that are very sensual and sexual. It's it's just, I mean, I was uncomfortable. And God shut it down. Every time that it tried to happen, God shut it down. And it was was just like shouting time on us. But folks, we can't even do that here. We can't go into a school. We can go into the school and give a talk, but we can't mention Jesus. I can't ask a child if if that child would like to accept Christ and receive Christ as their gift. I can't do that. It's against the law. We can't we can't pray in schools anymore. We had a big old prayer there and, and most of them were Catholic. They didn't know the difference. My point is, is that folks where we are is not a lot different than where they are. They've bought a form of religion that denies the power of God I don't know whether you realize this or not but we've bought a very similar form of religion that denies the power of God there's a form of godliness but it denies God's power and folks there are a lot of people in a lot of churches today and probably there are some right now under the sound of my voice they know all about God they've heard about God since they were this high they don't know God There's a city full of people where I was at this week that that knew that when you go into the church you do this and you do that and you make every one of these stations and then you go out and you're okay. Folks, we look at that and we go, mm mm -mm, so sad. You know what? God looks at us and He goes, "Mm mm mm so sad. The Gospel, folks, is so simple. It's so simple. God felt compassion for us. And He looked at us and He saw that we were like sheep without a shepherd. You know what happens to sheep that have no shepherd? They die. They die of thirst even though there's water all around them. The wild animals destroy them. There's no one to protect them. They die of starvation because when they've eaten what little bit of food there is, they don't know which direction to go. They don't stay together in a group. They just go. They just spread out and go all over the place. Folks, we're, the Bible says we are like sheep. And God sent us a shepherd. He sent Jesus Christ. And Jesus saw that we were distressed, we were downtrodden, we were beaten. We were whipped. And He felt compassion for us. He didn't feel pity. Pity is... Mm, 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 and then goes on and does nothing about it. Compassion joins with whatever the need is and does everything that it can to meet it. Now, Jesus met our needs. Okay, I don't have the ability to save anybody. But you know what? I can take the Gospel to anybody. God has given me not the ability, he's given me the command. See, we, I've heard people say this over and over. Well, I just don't have the gift of the evangelist or the gift of evangelism. Well, there is no gift of evangelism, okay? There is the gift of the evangelist. Billy Graham is an evangelist. When Billy Graham preaches, I don't care how simple the message is, thousands of people respond. Guess what? I don't have the gift of the evangelist. It's not my gift. might be yours, but it's not mine. But I do have the command to take the Gospel. To use evangelism. The good good news. That's what the evangel is. The good news. All of us have a command. To go ye therefore and make disciples. Teaching them all that I've taught you. Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world. You know what? God hasn't called all of us to go to Africa or to Mexico. But you know what He's done? He's called every one of us to go in our household and in our neighborhood and at Walmart and in the grocery store. You say, well, I I don't know what to share. Well, just tell them what Jesus did in your life if He's done anything in your life. It's amazing when you begin to share who you were and what Jesus did and how people will listen to you. Now they may not they may not get saved. Some people say that it takes an average of 12 to 14 times for a person to hear the gospel. But you know what? You may be number 14 and you may be number 1. Our job's not to reap the crop, folks. Our job is to plant the seeds. God has called us to sow the seeds of the good news. What's the good news? Jesus came. Jesus lived a life without sin. Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sin. And God raised Him up three days later. And He's alive. And one day He will return bodily. That's the Gospel. It's, it's not rocket science. You don't have to know 25 Bible verses. It would do you some good maybe to learn one or two, or at least a part of one. How many of you know John 3.16? You've got all the ammunition you need. That's, that's the Gospel in a verse right there. God loved us so much that we were dying, and we had no hope that He sent His Son. And whoever believes in Him won't die, won't perish, won't go to hell but have everlasting That's the Gospel. Add to that what He's done in your life, and you have a deadly combination. Deadly to sin. But a life-giving combination to somebody that's lost. We kind of went on a prayer journey this week. We Tried to discern where the enemy was and what was going on. And and it was interesting. On, on Tuesday, uh, we just kind of broke up around the compound and just asked the Lord what direction He wanted us to go. And God speaks to me through natural things. I, I hear His voice from time to time. I know His voice. But, but He speaks to me through natural things. I, I watched... A a contrast. I watched a crow sail along and flap, 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 and sail along and flap, 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 and they sound just alike down there. Okay, they 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 don't speak Spanish. They speak crow. Whatever it is, it's the same language. I don't like crows. Okay, Uh, when crows there's a there's a crow nursery somewhere around our house where I live, and they come and and they sit down in the trees and and when we've had it enough, Kathy will go get the shofar out, and she will wear them out, and they leave. Okay, if you don't know what a shofar is, it's a ram's horn, and she'll blow it. But I don't like crows, and so this crow was quack quack quack. he's just ruining my day. And I looked a little higher, though, and there was a, a hawk of some kind. I don't know what kind it was. I mean, I don't know what particular, it may have been, it even been an eagle. I don't know. But it, you would see it flap once, and then you'd see it go up, and it would just ride the currents. And it's it's, it's it's looking for something to eat. Okay, that, that's that's its purpose. But it's not looking for dead stuff. It's looking for life. The crow, it'll eat anything. Anything. And most of it's dead and been dead. Okay, I'm going to go no further there. I know some of you, the pastor warned me this week that, you know, there are some folks probably in your congregation that have weak stomachs. I'm learning that, and so I don't share all the details, so I'm learning that. But I just watch those those crows, and, and God just began to teach me that if I would listen, He would show me where the life is. But if I don't listen, you know what? All I'm going to get is death. And I just begin to pay attention and listen. God just began to speak, and I know I've been beginning to count windmills. I mean, well, windmills. That's what they are, uh, just like you see on the westerns. And and I realize that everywhere there's a windmill, there's a well. And so I could see 18 or 20 of them just out there. And I realized there's water there. And what God was showing me is there's life here. There just has to be a partnership. And the wind, it blows almost all the time. So that windmill is pumping. The interesting thing is God's put the wind there. He's put the water there. But he had to have a partner to harness the wind to get to the water. See, it took a man to drill the well and direct the windmill and to make one connection. And when that connection was made on the shaft, the wind took over and the water came up. And wherever there's water, there's life. But without the wind, they can't get the water up. And without the well, it doesn't matter. The wind just blows and the water runs underneath the ground. And what God showed me is I have chosen to take the gospel to the world. And I'm going to use a partner. And that partner is us. You see, the Spirit blows wherever He wants. We, we don't know where He's going or where He's been. But He's looking for a windmill that will turn. The life, we have the life, folks. The life is in Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and what? The life. No man comes to the Father except by Me. We all have access to a Bible. Or to a lot of Bibles, so we have the truth. We have we we know where the water is at. Jesus said, "Come to me, all you are who are, are are tired and heavy laden. Come to me, those of you who are thirsty and hungry." So God's looking for a partner that He can use to connect the message of the gospel, so that the Spirit of God can move. You see, we don't save people. We share the gospel. We tell the story. And the Spirit of God takes the story and drives it into the heart and into the spirit. And he gives life. And he takes and he places that person in Jesus Christ. And that person is saved. And we will be with that person forever. No matter where they're from. But he's looking for partners this morning. Now, He's not necessarily looking for you to go out of the country. But He is looking for you to go right here in this community, across the fence to your neighbor, uh, at the Walmart, at the food land, at the coffee shop, the restaurant, that person you work with every day. Do I have to mow them down with the, the gospel the first time? No, I just need to, I'm salt and I'm light. That's what Scripture says we are. We are salt and we are light. Okay? Salt, just a little bit of salt will make you thirsty. Put the salt out there. Keep putting it out there. And sooner or later, you know what that person will do? They're likely to get a drink of water. Folks, it's no different with the Gospel. Just put it out there. All you have to do is put it out there. You don't have to know all the verses. You don't have to be perfect. I don't know whether you know this or not. I I hope you do. But some of the greatest preachers that have ever lived, when they walked off that pulpit and that stage, they wrestled with their sin all night long, whatever that was. Some of them, it was alcohol. Some of them, it was things that went through their minds. Some of them, it, it was other things. And yet God used them. You know what, there's not a person in this room this morning God can't use. I'm going to say that again. I don't care what you've done, where you've been. There's not a person in this room that God can't use. He'll connect the Spirit with the life if you'll just be the windmill. If you'll just let Him blow you where He wants you to go. He'll take you to that place. Jesus said, And seeing the multitudes, He felt compassion for them because they were distressed and downcast like sheep without a shepherd. And then He said to His disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Can I just say that in the plainest way I need to know to say this? That is... I say. And I say it to myself first: The harvest is plentiful." In other words, one of the translations or one of the places Jesus says, he says, "The fields are white unto harvest.." Now I've been from, from the South, I think of cotton. I, I grew up in a place uh, where one of the guys that farmed grew cotton. and that, that's the picture I get. But the field is loaded with stuff. You can go out and pick all day long and not even make a dent in it. That's what Jesus is saying. The harvest has come in. It's there. But you know what? The workers, the harvesters, there's only a few of them. And then He says this, Therefore, beseech, pray with passion, To the Lord of the harvest, so that He will send workers into the harvest. Folks, I've learned this about prayer that I don't need to pray, God send somebody else. I need to pray, God send me. Now, sometimes God does that, and sometimes He sends somebody else. But if I'm not willing to go, guess what? If I'm not willing to go, God's probably not really interested in my prayers because they're not sincere. I'm going to tell you something. When I came up that hill yesterday, and I flattened out, God grabbed hold of my heart, and He squeezed it in a way I've never, never felt. I don't know what happened in me, but something happened in me. You know, I don't know where God's going to send me, where He's going to take me, but I know He's brought me here. And you know what? I'm gonna sow seeds. And and this is you know, we we've come we've gotten a mindset like many of the people in Potas have. They go to, to to Mass and they cross themselves and they light a candle and they're they're good to go for the week. We've gotten the same habit. We come to church on Sunday morning, we get a, we sing a song or two, we get a few Holy Ghost goosebumps and preacher preaches a message we're good to go for the week the only problem is between Sunday and Sunday we don't usually do anything beneficial for the kingdom of God we don't plant any seeds and we wonder why the crops don't produce folks God's called us to sow seeds when we come together we come to encourage each other to build one another up we come to, to, to pray for one another like we did with Penny and Jim just a few minutes ago and some of you others. We come, to, we come to meet each other's needs and then we go to serve. We go out these doors. That's our mission field. That may be where you live. It may be your home. It may be where you work. But that's our mission field, folks. This is not our mission field. We can come in here and feel good, and we can grow a big old church on feel good. I'm going to choose my words carefully right now because the same word that came to mind last week, for those of you who are here or is floating around in my head, I'm probably going to say it before it's over with, but I'm trying not to. I know it will offend some of you that are older, so just trying not to. But we've come to believe that's all there is to our faith. Folks, the people of the New Testament met in houses, in groups of five or six or seven or eight, a dozen maybe. And they encouraged each other and they worshiped with all their their heart and then they went out and wherever they went, they took the gospel with them. They didn't hire a pastor to do that for them. See, we're all shepherds. We're all pastors. That's what a pastor is, a shepherd. We're all shepherds. We all have little herds of sheep that God's given us to tend. Now here's the thing. Either your sheep are well fed and well watered and protected or they're scattered. I don't know know what your herd looks like. I've got to take care of my herd. Okay? But you need to look around and see what sheep God's bringing to you. I want to encourage everybody that knows Christ this morning to just start praying this prayer. Lord, show me somebody today to share how much you love them. You know, I didn't say, Lord, show me somebody that I can share the gospel with so they'll get saved. That that's but here's here's something I've learned. That if somebody knows I love them just for who they are, they'll listen to what I have to say about a lot of things. But if they don't know I love them, and I begin to choosing my words carefully here, badger them with what i believe about this or that they click me off because they know i don't care anything about them i'm just looking to get something folks when we learn to love this community and the communities around here just because jesus loves them their doors open to us i know many of you have gotten opportunities in different ways to serve the folks over and, and Clay and Chalmol and, and center point. You know what? Why did you go? Because I, I felt like I needed just to, I, I had to help. Well, approach sharing the gospel that way. Look at that person that you know is lost and see them as hit by a tornado or destroyed by a fire or, or whatever thing you want to conjure up in your mind and then do what you can to meet their need. You know what? It's God's responsibility to save them. It's our responsibility to plant the seeds. Folks, God is calling us to plant seeds. One of the things we did is there were ten of us. There were six Mexicans and there were four gringos. Big, dumb, white guys. Okay, that's the other way you put it. But there were four of us and there were six Mexicans. And we ended up going to the, the north gate of where you come into the city. We went to the west side of the city, to the south side of the city, and to the, to the east of the city. There's another gate in. And we just we had communion there, and we just prayed over that place. And we, the one thing we did, we did a prophetic kind of a thing. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll, maybe I can explain it later on. I just don't have time today. But, but we, we also gave the earth communion. We laid the bread and we poured out a cup. There were 11 of us that took communion. Ten human beings and and the creation that God formed, because the creation is in bondage there. Okay, and it's it's yearning. It it wants to erupt and the water be poured out and the wind blow and the sun come down and and life spring up. Everything that grows there, with the exception of pecan trees and grapevines, has thorns on it. Okay, And I'm not convinced the grapevines and the pecan trees don't have thorns on them because everything else has some kind of spiny stickler. But we went to those gates. Went to the north gate and prayed and had communion. And then we went to the the, the Western gate side of the city and in this city there's a there's a little high place a hill a mountain a little short mountain and off the, it, the top of it's been knocked off it's solid rock straight up to get to it there's a there's a church and I use that term in a light way okay there's a Catholic church on top of it santo Madero uh I thought we were going to go straight up to it. We didn't. We went around to the side of it behind it. And we had communion there. And then we went to this a, a creek bank. I mean, it looked like a creek bank. There was no water, just rocks. And we had communion there. And then we went to the eastern side. And when we stopped and pulled off, the Mex- young Mexican guy, Pedro, that was with us, had come from America. He, he just began to weep. What's wrong? What's wrong? This is the building I've... Rented to put a church in. So God directed the man that was leading us to that place. He didn't know anything about it, and we had communion there in that place. In that place, God's going to open the gate up. He's going to bring a lot of people to Christ. I don't know if you realize it's the significance of the Eastern Gate. Some of you do. In Jerusalem, there's a gate. If You go to Jerusalem today, you will see a, a double gate. It's walled up, locked up. Around it, there's a Muslim cemetery. Scripture teaches that when Jesus comes back, that he will enter the eastern gate. The Muslims have done everything they can to keep him from doing that because their belief is that a prophet won't walk through a cemetery. Well, guess what? He's going right through it. And that gate, it's walled up, but you know what? It's going to open up. God began to show us there, and, and pot us as we did that on the Eastern Gate. That you know what God, God's going to break through there, and when He does, people are going to stream from everywhere to find out who He is. Folks, I believe Jesus is coming to Fultondale, and Gardendale, and Kimberly, and Morris, and Warrior, and Tarrant, and Birmingham. He's coming. Now he's looking for some men and some women who will open the gates. There's a passage of Scripture, and I'm, I'm not going to be able to find it right now, but God just reminded me of where the, the Lord of the house invited guests to a banquet. Nobody came. And so He told His servants to go out into the highways and to the byways and to fill His house. Folks, there are many that are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. We are the servants who are beating the hedges to fill the Father's house. Folks, the King's coming back. But he's coming back to get those who are his own. And so we've got to be about the king's business. So when he does come back. There's nobody left in this city. There's nobody left in the next city, or the next city, or the next city, or that city. There's nobody left. Because folks, every person that's left, person man, woman, boy, or girl will not be in heaven. They'll be in hell. We are all going to spend eternity somewhere. The question is where? Now, i got to be honest with you. Monday I thought I was flying down to Mexico to sprinkle a little fairy dust, pray a few prayers, and whatever happened. That's not what I thought, but that's kind of the attitude that, that we have, most of us. And God just showed me, Nelson, you've not, you're not in sin. You've not walked away from me. You just kind of got comfortable in some things when I've called you to greater things. See, God's God's called me to pray for the sick and to see them rise up. God's called me to speak His Word from His Word and prophetically from His Word. God's called me not to build His church, but to beat the bushes and take the Gospel to people. He's called me to minister to those who are downtrodden, and have no hope, who are like sheep without a shepherd. He's given me a compassion for them. And I'm going to just say this. If God's working in your heart, He's given you the very same thing. Folks, what will make this church different is not if we sing cutting-edge music. It's not if we have the best lights and the best animation and the best sound system that we can get. Those things are important. They're not. not, But they're not the most important. It doesn't matter if we have the finest building and facility if all we do is come and sit and soak up the stuff and then go home and sour. Folks, God has called us. What will make this church different from all the other churches around is if we take it seriously about sharing the gospel. If we make where we're at, wherever God has planted us, our mission field, folks, God will do the rest. That's what he says. Pray that the Lord of the harvest will send out workers. Well, listen to me. When Jesus said to his disciples, Go ye therefore and make disciples of all the nations, teaching them all that I've taught you, guess what? He sent the workers out. He sent all of us out. And so I guess what I'm trying to say today in a roundabout way is this. That I went to Mexico with this idea that I would help them out. But you know what God did? He used them to help us out. I thought I would help Armin figure out a plan, but God used Armin and Miguel and Pedro and Alma Pastor Edgar and Daniel and Martin, and Amigdio to show me what service looks like. I could go on and on and on. I'm not going to do that this morning. But what God did is He just showed me that Nelson, you know what? I'm going to use you down here. I brought you down here. But I want you to see something so that you can take it back. spark your people and spark you see if I don't catch on fire you won't catch on fire I'm just going to tell you'm I'm, I'm, I'm burning right now okay I'm on, I'm gonna fuel whatever fire God's letting me and folks we are going to be a different kind of church but it's not because of this and that it's going to be because we take the gospel wherever we go because if we take the gospel it's like gasoline. You pour gasoline out and you, you strike it with a spark, what happens? Y'all know. Y'all don't tell me you had never poured gas on something and lit a match to it. It blows up, doesn't it? Okay. God's looking for some gasoline. He's got the fire. Amen? He's the God who answers by fire. He's just looking for some gasoline. So here's where we're at, okay? Are you willing to be gasoline? God's not asking for a tanker truck. He's just asking for a teaspoonful. You can get just as burnt with a tanker truck as you can with a teaspoon. God's looking for some men and women who will say, God, if you will bring people into my sphere and tell me what to say, I'll say it. And I'll share with them what you've done in my life. And then, God, you do what you do best. You apply that to their heart. And then the Holy Spirit will work. God's looking for some people this morning. Now, here's the thing. I'm not asking you to walk down an aisle and take me by the hand and say, Pastor, I'm going to do this and this and this. I want you just to take God by the hand. In fact, I want you to grab hold of both with both of your hands, a hold of His hand and say, God, I'll just be obedient to whatever situation you put me in. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. If you'll just be obedient, and when God says speak this, and you just speak that, God will do mighty things among us. We'll have to bring some more chairs. We'll have a baptism or two. We'll see families changed. They'll step up out of poverty. And you know, you you can be poor and have all the money in the world. Or you can be rich and have no money at all. I met some some of the richest people in the world and they have nothing. And they subsist on pretty much nothing. But you know what? They don't even know it. Because God meets every need that they have. He gives them the food they need for that day, the water they need. He takes care of them. And Folks, God has promised to do the same things in our lives. But well, we just have to take hold of His hand and walk with Him. And I think God is, is bringing us to a place as a church where we just trust Him. Okay, We walk with Him. And then He works through us. It's the partnership. It's the windmill. So I'm going to ask you just to buy your heads and I'm going to ask Jim and the worship band if they'll just come for more information on Eagles Wing Church visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Church thanks for listening and have a blessed week